I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Football Friday, Dibs. Here we go. I'm in. Let's go. Um, although... We, uh, I didn't even look. Did you take Tennessee last night? Yeah. Yeah. I'm the only one. Uh, Kyle. That was an easy one. Kyle and I, well, so from the files of overthinking it, uh-huh. um, and you know that I do this sometimes, it has not been working lately, which is when you look at a spread and you're like, well, pfft, yeah, that's too easy. I suddenly go, hmm, there must be a reason why. Exactly. And so, uh, Green Bay was coming off of a great fourth quarter against Dallas. It's a, you know, it's a night game at Lambeau Field. Frozen. Oh, right? So let's go. Snowy. Here we go. Green Bay, they were totally outclassed. Uh, completely outclassed on this one. Warren Sharp joins us. We'll get into 49ers and much more. SharpFootballAnalysis.com. The Ringer NFL on Fox. That one surprised you at all last night, Warren? Not considering the way that Mike Vrabel coaches games. Uh, this guy is one of the best coaches in the NFL, particularly you don't want to bet against Mike Vrabel's team, uh, either on the season or in a particular game, especially when he's an underdog. He is, he's gone over his win total every single season that he's been a coach. He's the only team, the only coach to do that. He's been with the team for at least five years. He's also, um, the best record straight up when he's an underdog of any team in the league since he became a head coach. And he's won a higher rate of games outright when he's been made an underdog. So like, his team wins games uh, better now in 2022 than they have before because the NFL has kind of gone to a place where his style of offense and defense is best suited because this is not a high-flying, high-scoring league, and his team doesn't thrive in those environments. They love to bring you down into the muddy streets with them and duke it out, and that's exactly what he was able to do with the Green Bay Packers and just overpower them. I'm going to lift from uh, your Twitter while I can uh, or at Sharp Football before <laughs> all goes away. You mentioned that passing yards per game for teams that win the game lowest since 2010, and that kind of leads into what you were saying about Tennessee, but my question for you is, why are passing totals down? It's it's primarily because of the way the teams are playing. I wrote a little bit about this for Fox as well uh, just this past week, and that is that we are seeing games being decided by fewer points now than we have seen since 1990. Since 1990, and we've seen there's 89 games. Sorry, 87 games this season have been decided by one score. That's the highest since 1990. We've also seen 33 teams that came back to win games. 
from trailing, entering the fourth quarter to actually winning these games outright. That's the highest through the first 10 weeks that we have seen um, since 1989. So what is happening, in my opinion here, is that we are having teams that build leads. And the way that defenses play in 2022, they're getting you to play far more conservatively on offense. They're encouraging you to run the ball more. They're sitting back in their two high shells. And so inevitably when you do that, when you're playing with a lead, you will end up being forced into more third down. And that's that high variance down where if you don't get it on that one single play, boom, all of a sudden you're punching the ball back to your opponent. And as a result of that, teams that are playing with leads are running the ball more in the second half than they have before, but they're not leading by as many points because they haven't scored as many. And then what ends up happening is those same teams, they end up taking their foot off the gas. We are seeing that the average points per game scored by the team that's up at halftime so you're up at halftime. How much are you scoring in the second half when you're leading at halftime? It's only 9.4 points per game that you're scoring in the second half this year. Last year, it was 12.4. Most every single year in the last decade, it's been at least 11 to 12 points that you're scoring when you lead at halftime. Teams are now down at 9 points per game in the second half. Again, it's because of the way the defenses are playing. It's encouraging these offenses to run more, to take the foot off the gas, and it's making these games a lot tighter. And so I obviously talk to a few coaches around the league uh, and consult with some teams, and I'm encouraging them after these findings. They have to keep their foot on the gas pedal in the second half with a lead. No lead is safe. Other teams are – we just saw it. Buffalo uh, blew a 27-10 to 10 lead against Minnesota. We saw Dallas blow a 28-14 to 14 lead against the Green Bay Packers. Teams are coming back in the fourth quarter of these games far too often this year. You've got to keep your foot on the gas pedal if you are up late in these games. Warren Sharp with us here, 95-7 the game, Willard and Dibbs. So, Warren, uh, the extension of what you just said, let's apply this to the 49ers. You probably know this, but there's a dynamic here in town, which is that, my gosh, you've got all-stars on offense everywhere. You should be better than you are. And, in fact, even when you win, we want it to be prettier. People wanted that win over the Chargers to be prettier. Debo more involved. Kittle more involved. Stats. Win by 12. Win by 20. All of that stuff. I I find that to maybe be sort of a, a ridiculous request in this year's NFL. What would you say to a fan that wants the 49ers to be more dominant and look prettier? Well, we have seen that offensive-minded head coaches, when they come out of a bye, which is what you guys did and then played the Chargers, for whatever reason, most of these coaches, now Andy Reid's a little bit different, but most of these coaches, they end up, trying some things offensively they don't end up working quite as well that first game back there's a little bit of a hiccup that slowly get back on track it doesn't really matter what you did the first eight weeks of the season it really doesn't matter that much what you do in the next couple of weeks but once we get into december this offense needs to be playing more efficiently and more effectively and by my strength of schedule metrics i show that you guys have played the fifth easiest schedule of opposing defenses in the nfl You've played one defense all season that ranks above 15. Fortunately, here's the good news. You're not going to play very many difficult defenses to close the gap. You play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Washington Commanders are the only teams that I have ranked at 15th or better to close the season. But you have not really been tested so far this year, and you absolutely must figure out a way to be more balanced and more efficient. And what I always, you know, again, tell the teams that I work with, 
jump out to a lead as quickly as possible because nothing is going to secure victory faster than a margin at halftime when you are able to then continue what you're doing in the second half. Don't let your foot off the gas. But that halftime margin, the other team ends up going into a little bit of desperation mode there in the second half if they're down at halftime. And they play less efficiently to beat your defense and more what they need to do on the scoreboard and it plays into your hands a lot more. I mean, you cannot, these games are, are such coin flips this year, end up being close, end up being uh, comebacks for the defense and, and the team that's down, they end up coming back in these games. You absolutely must try to gain margin and to gain separation as quickly as possible and then maintain it for as long as possible. And that obviously did not happen against the Chargers uh, last week. And I agree with some of these fans. I think that I don't care about style points um, at this point in the season. But what I do care about is that you are starting to play the way that you need to play during the playoffs by the beginning of December. And so that means you've got two weeks to get ready for a high-powered Miami Dolphins team that you're going to host in week 13. You need to take every advantage over the next two weeks to play the style of offense that's going to build a lead quickly and continue to grow that lead as much as possible. What is the strength of your defense? Pinning their ears back, getting after the quarterback. You know, you're not going to be able to do that quite as much if the other team can just sit there and run the football on you. If you build margin, though, now you got got many more opportunities for that other team is going to have to drop back to pass the ball in known passing situations. Interesting notion. Many coaches, including Shanahan, like to win the toss and defer, thereby getting that first possession in the third quarter. You mentioned tough defenses ahead for the Niners. If they get into the postseason, what's the most daunting NFC defense they may have to go through? Oh, wow. That's a good question because so many defenses just are not playing very well. Um... I would have to look through some of my numbers, but just initially, I think that the Dallas Cowboys are certainly one of the best defenses around. Um, but the thing is, some of like their strength does not play to what you guys are going to try to do. They're so good at rushing, rushing the passer. Right now, their massive weakness is uh, defending the run. And in fact, that's where I think the Minnesota Vikings, even though I think Dallas does in fact win this game, I think the Minnesota Vikings will be able to have a little bit of success here. Teams are averaging five yards per carry and 336, sorry, five yards per carry over the last three weeks against this Dallas Cowboys run defense. That's 26th in the NFL. They're allowing 1.6 yards before contact to running back. So you're having success running the ball against this team. Uh, but for the most part, there really aren't that many high-powered defenses that do scare you. You look at a team like the Philadelphia Eagles, another great team in the NFC, you're going to be able to run the football on them. So you guys have to figure out a way to keep your offense on the field, even if you are running. And I do think, I mean, your notes to me before, I mentioned you want to discuss potentially the fourth down decisions by Kyle. But, like, if you guys are going to take the approach of you're going to be a little bit more of a run-first offense, um, and, and try to just keep that offense on the field, you have to be more willing to go for it on these fourth down situations. And not only that, you have to be much better when you do go for it in, on fourth downs. I was shocked when I looked at a couple numbers here for you before um, I joined the program that in short yardage situations on all downs, when you just need one to two yards to go for first down, a team as strong as yours at running the ball with a fullback and your tight ends, etc., you guys rank 21st in EPA per play when you're trying to run the football uh, on 
when you're trying to when you're trying to uh, convert on with one to two yards to go. I was shocked that you would rank huh. that low. And the teams that are ranking well in EPA per play in short yardage situations are teams like the Cleveland Browns, the Chicago Bears, the Dallas Cowboys, the Eagles, the Saints, the Ravens. Teams that run the ball, the Giants. Like these are the teams that run the ball. How, how are you guys 21st and all those teams are up there in the top five, top 10? It does not make a lot of sense. You must improve your short yardage offense. That's really interesting. Warren Sharp is with us uh, on the Twitter feed is at Sharp FB Analysis, the site, sharpfootballanalysis.com. And I know all the content is free this week. Uh, why don't you give us one of the uh, NFL betting recommendations that you have for this weekend? Yeah, we've got a lot that are up there. And, again, like you said, they are all for free this weekend. Uh, one of them that I do like is the over in the Philadelphia Eagles-Indianapolis Colts game. And the reason I like that one is because I think the Colts are going to have success on the ground against this Eagles defense. Uh, I think the Eagles, you know, we talked about how daunting of a defense they are. They're great against the pass. Yeah, they're number two. But you know what they are when defense, when offenses throw the ball within seven yards of the line of scrimmage, which is basically all that Matt Ryan does, like since he's come back in short, quick passes. Real, they rank 27th in EPA per play allowed on passes thrown within seven yards of the line of scrimmage. So that plays into what the Indianapolis Colts are going to do. That's why Sharp Money has come in on the Indianapolis Colts and bet this thing down. Uh, I think the Colts are going to do enough to score points. And then after the Eagles lose a game with Jalen Hurts, this offense gets back on track quickly, especially when they underperformed last week. They're 6-1 and one to the over in their next game with Jalen Hurts as the starter when they score lower than their projected team total the week before and lose a game. So I think they will be able to get back on track against this Colts defense that is now without Quiddy Pay just announced about an hour ago. He's going to miss him. He's one of the biggest pass rushers, the most efficient player. I'm about to tweet out some statistics uh, about him. So without him there, I think Justin Hurts and company should have a little bit more success throwing the ball as well. Sharp money, sharp analysis. I see what you did there. Warren Sharp, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, guys. Good luck this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much. That's Warren Sharp. And again, sharpfootballanalysis.com. I see what he's saying. And listen, there's sort of two ways to look at this. Uh, No 49er fan is going to sit here and go, yeah, I want to stress out in the fourth quarter every single week. Uh, I'm not saying that. But if you look at the lay of the land in this league, I still I do not understand how anybody came out of last weekend's game a win over a team with a winning record to get you to five and four when the Seahawks had lost in Germany earlier the day. I have no idea how anybody came out of that with anything other than yes, like that's yeah, I'm it. with you. I mean, the, the wins are wins. That's always been the case, but I think that is even more true this year. Look around the league. Who's pretty? Who's who's winning? by two, three touchdowns almost ever. I mean... It doesn't happen that often. No. That regularly, anyway, I should say. Kansas City is a team that has been very pretty. Minnesota's been surprisingly pretty. I would have said Buffalo, but you can't say that anymore. Philadelphia has won quite pretty, but what Warren said, and I read his tweet because you and I talked about it during the break, and I thought it was fascinating. The fewest passing yards on average by winning teams... In 12 years. And what he explained, I think, was spot on. You have teams playing a lot more too high safeties, meaning you can't beat us deep. Defenses are making you matriculate the ball down the field. Shout out 
Hank Stram. And if you add to that the fact that the margin for victory is smaller than it's been in more than 20 yep, years, yep. teams are more than willing to try to win games 21 to 19 as opposed to 31 29. You just said the Vikings are pretty. Okay, they're on a seven game win streak. That's pretty. You ready for these numbers? Seven game win streak, Minnesota Vikings. Four, three, seven, eight, eight, three, three. I know you know what that is. That's my old phone number, Mark. Exactly right. Call that thing. Maybe. <laughs> Call me maybe. That's the margin of victory. Charlie Ray Gips. In all of these games for Minnesota, a sum total of zero double-digit wins, a sum total of zero two-score wins. Yeah. Seven games in a row, they've not won one of them by two scores. None of them. And nobody in Minnesota, I promise you, uh, in the bold north, nobody is sitting there at eight and one going, you know what? I just, it's got to be prettier. I can't, I can't believe we're not getting feeling involved enough. This, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care that Jawan Jennings gets the ball on third down. If the 49ers beat Arizona on Monday night in Mexico, I will hereby promise you right now, uh, A, you won't hear me come in on Tuesday because I won't be here. Uh, you will be here. You will be half in the bag, maybe all the way in the bag. No doubt. But you got to promise me something. Don't you dare. Don't you do it. Do not come in here and say, I know they won by nine points, but they need to get Kittle more involved. Like, I, I just... I don't know. I don't know. Like, watch the NFL. These games are so, they turn on a dime in the second half, every single one of them. Scott Hansen calls it the witching hour for a reason, where wins become losses, losses become wins. They're so tight. I, I'm I'm out on this 49ers aren't pretty enough and they're not winning by enough conversation. No, I think it's foolish, especially when you look at what's going on around the National Football League. So many games are being resolved by one score. What was the number he gave? It was like 88 or 90 games this year have been one score games. And that's the nature of it. And I think Warren is right in terms of how teams are trying to approach it. Get an early lead, control the tempo, run the ball, avoid mistakes, and squeeze the other team. Keep the other team from having a lot of other possessions so that they can rally back to beat you. And that's kind of been the nature of this 49er team. And it brings us back to what Steve Young said about this is not the way that Kyle Shanahan wants to go about it. But this year, this is the only way you can go about it because teams aren't going out there and blowing each other out. These games this year have all been nip and tuck. You know how many games the Chiefs have won by two touchdowns or more this year? I take two. That's correct. Yeah. One, one of them was against 49ers. Right. The other one was opening week against the Arizona Cardinals. Outside of that, beat the Chargers by three, Tampa by ten, beat Vegas by one. Okay, come from behind there. Beat Tennessee in overtime by three, beat Jacksonville last week by ten. So I, I just, it's, it's the good teams find a way in the end. You know, go back to that Minnesota-Buffalo game that we just saw last week. Those are two really good teams. Um, I, I could make the case that both of them found ways to win. Both of them found ways to lose. But nobody walked out of there w worried about margin of victory or anything else. And I know you don't do that when it's a really, really good team. Uh, but even these supposed bad teams are the easy ones. Uh, when the Kansas City Chiefs rallied on Monday night, October 10th, to beat Las Vegas by one point uh, to go to 4-1, and one, they partied. They partied after that game. Yeah. Because it was a win. That's it. 
That's basically what it comes down to. Each week, you have an opportunity to either win or lose. And when you win, you should never look at that in any other way other than with more joy than sorrow. Even if you lose a player to injury or even if you, quote, got lucky, you got to take the wins where you can get them. And that's where I look at this game on Monday against Arizona in Mexico City, Estadio Azteca. You're favored by eight points. You're supposed to win. If you win this game, I don't know, 11 to 10, Mark, you can't look at that with anything other than joy, knowing that you got the win. Um, now, the other thing that he said there at the end, which I thought was really interesting, was about how the 49ers are one of the worst teams in the NFL. 21st, he said they rank in terms of when it's third and one, third and two, fourth and one, fourth and two, supposedly one of the best running teams in the game, and they can't convert when it's you know third and a yard. Goes back to the conversation we were having off the top of the show where Steve Young said it's a farce that Kyle Shanahan just wants to run the ball. He wants to grind your gears. He doesn't want to have a high-flying offense. Um, it, it, it goes back to the quarterback. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo has calmed the noise. Let's all let's let's be honest on this. It was a very weird start to the year. You all know all the context. He takes over against Seattle one quarter in. They win going away. They're one and one. From that moment forward, the Jimmy G experience has been one of the most embarrassing games in the history of his career the next week in Denver, followed by, after that, because what were they at that point? One and two, and now they're five and four. So followed by a six-game stretch where you've come out of each one and said Jimmy was either good or fine. Never has he been great. Or bad, yeah. But never has he been bad. And his stats through that six-week run are very, very good, and the record in those six games is four and two. So he has quieted the noise completely. Um, but now, now we go through this stretch that I, I just I'm excited about it because the 49ers look like the NFC has has got some openness, and and, and they're going to be one of these teams. But I'm also just it's a popcorn thing beyond football like the way that his career and the 49er quarterback situation are going to play out over the next two months like it's hard to see the openings for this to not be difficult let's put it that way the only way it's not difficult is if they stink to high heaven from here on out or if he gets hurt then it's not difficult if jimmy g suffers another one of these injuries and he's gone for four to six months, easy decision. If Jimmy G suddenly forgets how to win football games and the Niners don't make the playoffs, easy decision. The real difficulty comes in the most likely scenario, which is this is a good team. He's a good enough quarterback, and they go on a deep enough run to where they're playing in mid to late January. Maybe they're playing in February then I'm with you about the popcorn. It's going to be a fascinating decision. Uh, what's up next on the game is brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises. We're sitting here in a room where uh, one of the two TVs, actually we have three, but one of them is just a monitor that's us, which yeah. is weird. Uh, but anyway, there's two TVs next to us, and one of them has MLB Network. And I would say for about 88% of our show, they have been showing all kinds of different pictures and video of Aaron Judge. It's almost like they're trolling us, they're teasing us, it's Aaron, it's Aaron, it's Aaron. Now, Aaron was quoted yesterday as saying something that is so fascinating. 
Every single one of you will have a different take. You will have a different translation of exactly what it said and what it means. Some of you will think it means he's coming to the Giants. So we'll go into that coming up next on Willard and Debs. What's up next on the game is brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises. And what's up next is going to be a very, very interesting comment from Aaron Judge. Also, it's a football Friday. 49ers Monday night in Mexico City against the Cardinals. And football Fridays are sponsored by the Jim Ursay Collection at the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium on December 10th. For free tickets, visit JimUrsayCollection.com. Okay, Dibs. Translation sensation. Okay, it's a buck. You tell me. All right. Cha-ching! Thank you. Cash me out one time. Who am I translating? Aaron Judge. Okay. Quote. All rise. Gosh, it'd be so fun, wouldn't it? Anyway, uh, Aaron Judge. <laughs> Quote. There's teams that we've talked to. For me, if we're going to build a winning team, if I can get my contract out of the way... So they can move on and add some more pieces to build teams up. I think that's always an advantage for wherever I go. End quote. Translate. He's coming to the Giants. <laughs> that's it. Is it? It's over. Why do I sense sarcasm? Because you know it's not that easy. Well, of course not. Now, I mean, it's not like if I read you're not going to tell us where he's going. If I translate the quote, uh-huh. what he's saying is. Hey, prospective team out there, uh, get me early and then build around me. That's what would be the best for you and for me. So, hey, prospective team, look at me. I had 62 home runs. I'm available. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All you have to do is sign me now. Get me out of the way. And then you and I can work together to build around me. So basically what he's saying to all those prospective teams, and I really believe that there are only... 
probably two prospective teams because you saw the report that uh, Stevie Cohen, the Mets owner, and Hal Steinbrenner, the Yankees owner, apparently had a conversation where they agreed that the Mets wouldn't sign Judge. And I'm paraphrasing. We won't sign Judge because, you know, we're both New Yorkers and that wouldn't be right. So the sense was that the Mets weren't going to sign Aaron Judge. So it feels like it's down to Yankees, Dodgers, Giants, uh, Cubs? Um, by the way, the, the, this this Mets Yankees thing you're talking about, there is an official investigation yeah, exactly. that has been launched by Commissioner Rob Manfred, and uh, it's an investigation into whether or not these two teams violated the collective bargaining agreement. After a story explaining the Mets' hesitancy to pursue Yankee star free agent Aaron Judge, prompted the Players Association to request. An inquiry. The investigation centers on a paragraph and a story that was on the Mets television station, that's SNY, discusses the, quote, mutually respectful relationship between Cohn and Steinbrenner, as you said, and how they, quote, do not expect to upend that with a high-profile bidding war. Right. So, in other words, two guys talk to each other and go, look, I'm not going to mess, I'm not going to drive up the price on Aaron Judge. Because we're boys, yeah. and we're both here in New York. And the Players Association says, I'm sorry, excuse me? That ain't right. <laughs> yeah. You, you said what? Right. Um, it's not a bad thing for the Giants. It, no, it's actually it's a great thing for the Giants. It's not a bad thing for the Giants at all. And so when I read that quote, on the surface, he's telling every other team out there, get me early, get me now, and build around me. But then the cynic in me realizes what this is, and this is a classic leverage play. Okay. This is him telling the Yankees, excuse me, Yankees, hey, look at me, everybody else. Get me now, Get me now. and build around me. Because he knows that the Yankees have already started to build and will continue to build around him. So he's not sending that message to the Yankees. He's sending that to everyone else as a way to tell the Yankees, hey, Yankees, look at me. I'm out here. Here's what I would say. Here's my, trans <clears throat> my translation, if you will. I don't think it means anything definitive for the Giants. But it ain't bad. Exactly. It ain't bad. I think my take was about right, though. Yeah, I do, too. Um, and I'm glad you said the cynic in you, and I hope you're not listening only to the cynic in you, because I, no. can, I can definitely see it being read that way, because, of course, he's not going to tell everybody where he's going. He may not even know. I, he may not even know where, where he's going as of yet. But there are a couple things here, and if you are a Giants fan that's hoping for Judge, you remember, the one thing I was worried about was this idea that the Giants, maybe more so than the other suitors, really need to be, build up the team around him. Well, are you going to go sign a bunch of guys and, and then be like, look, Aaron, look who, look who we signed. And he'll be like, okay. Let me think about it. Exactly. And then you signed a bunch of people that maybe you sort of signed for Aaron Judge, but they're not necessarily the exact right fit. And then he says, no. He's saying right here, no, we're going to flip the order on this. Aaron Judge is telling you he's not going to do what Bryce Harper and Manny Machado did. We're not going to February, okay? When you open up your Christmas presents this year... You will know where Aaron Judge is playing. If there's a six foot seven box under my tree, I'll have a pretty <laughs> good idea that's what's in it. Very, it's not very creepy. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Farhan goes downstairs oh in his in his jammies, his footy jammies, 
and he sees a giant six foot seven inch box. Oh my gosh! What's in the box, mommy? It's bochi. No, no. I do believe that we know by Christmas. That doesn't mean it's coming necessarily soon, but but the winter meetings are coming. I don't think Aaron's going to wait because what he's saying is, no, if you want to build a team, all you got to convince me, you don't need to convince me by showing me the players. You just need to convince me by showing the willingness. And the Giants have said that from the jump. They've said that from the jump. There's nothing that's off the table financially. So if they can simply convince Aaron Judge of their plan, he's willing to be first, not last. Right. We didn't know that. And that, that's good for the Giants. And then there's other little things in here that I would point out. And maybe they are just scare tactics. But if I'm a Yankee fan, I do not like him ending this statement with the quote, wherever I go. That does not feel good to me at all. That shows an openness. This is all across the map of the United States. And who knows Don't where Don't forget I'm, Canada. Yeah, well, good point. Who knows where I'm going to go? Like, he's playing the full free agency card, as he should. And that, to me, is the, is the key to the leverage play. Yeah. That wherever I may go, uh, shout out Metallica, anywhere I go, where I lay my head is home. And that's basically what he's saying. One other thing, though. Please, talk to me. I thought you were going to come back with some Metallica. Well, I, I mean... It's a little further outside of your right. comfort zone. No, it, it is, and I also try not to sing on the radio because I'm not very good at it. You'll do um, your Eddie Vedder. Or is that and your bochi? Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie's a young bunch. <laughs> Jeremy, uh, hitting sixth. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Thanks, Mike. Mike. All right. Um, gosh, you know what? He loves that. If we weren't here when that interview happened, Spadone, if you just played that... And been like, who is this? A hundred guesses I wouldn't get to Mike Silver. Right. Honestly. I I'm not even sure it's a human being. It sounds like a chicken clock. I like, I... I, I <laughs> those Cadbury egg commercials. <laughs> anyway, um, here's one other thing. So the Yankees have been so public. In fact, Brian Cashman, just yesterday, were not messing around with Aaron Judge. We're not messing around. We've already made, quote, we've already made multiple offers to Aaron Judge. These are all facts. If Aaron Judge really wanted to stay a Yankee, and the Yankees aren't messing around, and the Yankees have already made multiple offers, and the Yankees are already a made team, and Aaron wants to move quickly, if all that's true, what's a holdup? Wouldn't it be done by now? You've made multiple offers. You're already signed Rizzo. You're already a playoff team. You went to the Final Four just this year. And Aaron's over here the next day after all that. Multiple offers. Rizzo in tow. We're not messing around. We've been begging Aaron for two weeks. And the very next day, he comes out and goes, So I want to do this quickly wherever I go. I, I, look, don't look at this as a Giant fan. Look at this as a Yankee fan. I find this very uncomfortable if I'm a Yankee fan. A little uncomfortable because you do know that he wants to get more than just your offer. So the Yankees have made an offer. They've made multiple offers. Whatever they've made, has he gotten offers from other teams? Have the Giants made an offer? Have the Dodgers made an offer? Have there been conversations? Where are we with other teams and Aaron Judge in terms of his free agency? It's only been 
what, a week since he became officially a free agent? We were in uh, Linden we were in eight Linden days ago? Thursday, yeah, eight days ago, correct. So with a free agency this big and this much yeah, money it's at stake, it's going to take some time. Yeah, but if I'm hearing the Yankees' multiple offers and Aaron's like, wherever I go, I want to do it quickly. Like, I, again, I'm not, I still say the Yankees are in fine shape, but... Uh, this is complicated, and that doesn't feel very comfortable at all. Steiny and Goo are going to jump in here next. We've got more from Stephen A. and Ramona and Steve Kerr, all on Clay Thompson, coming up next on Willard and Dibs. And dips on 95.7 The Game. Okay, one more time before Steiny and Goo come in here and ruin everything. What are you doing on Tuesday? What are you doing on Tuesday? I'm going out to Mad Dog in the Fog, Mark. 1568 Hate Street for the Mexico game. They're taking on Poland. Robert Lewandowski, the great Polish striker, going up against Team Mexico, the first match in the World Cup. I will be there at 7 a.m. drinking Estrella with you, dear listeners. Uh, I tell you what, it's the only time I let hate into my life is uh, is, is when you want to go watch a soccer game and uh, and drink. I like it. In the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Mike. you. All right. And Mike um, Silver likes beer, we found out oh, yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't always drink beer. <laughs> When he does. But when he drinks, it's beer because you can control it. You get, and, and I like the way you broke that down. You can only get into so much trouble drinking beer because you get you can only get so full. Oh, gosh. And, yeah. It's know, like, wait, what happens first? Do you get wasted or do you just like, I can't. You get full. I can't move. That's it. <laughs> but if you're like. This is a good thing. If you're throwing fireball. Uh, fireball. Which I believe they do have fireball at uh, Mad Dog in the Fog as well. Uh, speaking of fireballs, a bunch of them were thrown yesterday on this radio station with regard to one Clay Thompson. Shall we go ahead and rank who had the best Clay Thompson take? How about you, Stephen A. Smith? You're a four-time champion. As far as I'm concerned, one of the top five shooters in the history of the game. You're a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. You're constantly being candid and speaking truth. How the hell you forget the truth that applies to you? You don't just wake up being able to shoot better than Clay Thompson. And you can practice all your life, and 90% of the people in the world can't shoot as good as Clay Thompson. But what, what good does it mean, damn it, if you've forgotten that? And you don't know that about yourself. Stop paying attention to critics that are questioning you. They're only questioning you based on a standard you established. So get back to being you. And then you won't have to worry about no damn critics. Okay, there's Stephen A. Smith. What about uh, with us, Ramona Shelburne? Play is about getting Mama. this feeling. There's this feeling that uh, some athletes would call it being in the zone. I think for Clay, it's a little. It's less about the, getting in a zone. It's just about really letting go of everything in life and being able to completely focus on playing basketball. And that, that you know, the way he does that is through movement. He's incredible at just. Keeping it moving, 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 moving. Like the guy doesn't does not sit still. And for two years, two and a half years, he had to sit still, rehabbing these injuries. And he learned a lot. He's stronger, but his nature and the way he generally tends to work through any kind of pressure, anxiety, or whatever he's feeling is through movement. Or dibs. Was it Steve Kerr himself? The thing with Clay is he's got uh, a huge track record. He's 
a Hall of Fame player. You know, he's got a lot weighing on him right now. Just, you know, the injuries from the last couple of years, and he wants it so badly. It's been my experience that when players want it, too badly, it, it gets in their way, and I just think he wants it too badly. He, he's got to find a way to uh, to just take the weight of the world off his shoulders and and uh, and just enjoy the game. And, and that's that's my job, and the staff's job, and his teammates' job to, to help him try to do. All right, we know nobody can match the delivery of Stephen A. But of all that was said yesterday on this station, what resonated the most for you? Probably what Stephen A. Smith had to say, huh. because, you know, ultimately, Clay has just got to realize that you're Clay freaking Thompson. You're a four-time champion. You're a first ballot Hall of Famer. No matter what Clay does between now and the end of his career, Clay Thompson's career is set. Clay Thompson is a Hall of Famer. He's a four-time champ. He's one of the five greatest shooters in the history of the association. So he needs to just realize that. And go out and do it. And I'll also add in a, a dash of what Momo said. Good friend of the program, Ramona <laughs> Shelburne. Hi, Ramona. I'm on the show, too. And Steve Kerr. Wow. Steve Kerr's right. He does have to kind of let the game come to him and just dial it back a little bit. That's the one that got me, actually, is Steve Kerr. Not um, your girl? Yeah, well, Mo Momo is. That's you know, Momo's I mean, fantastic. Steve and Hey is, too. But, but I love it! Thank you, Steve <laughs> Kerr, though. Kerr, with the quote, he wants it too badly. And he's got to find a way to get the weight of the world off his shoulders. Maybe that resonated for me uh, <laughs> almost too personally. But, I mean, everybody who's listening to us right now has experienced that. Nobody, anything is, no words are going to help this from anyone else. None. There's nothing anybody can say. Matt Barnes was on today talking about, dude, you're Clay. Put, put his arm around Clay. Clay, come on, man. You don't need to prove anything. No words are going to matter because it's all happening in between his ears. And nothing's going to work until he finds a way to get the weight of the world off his shoulders. Because it won't, he won't play well as long as that's happening. Yeah, hopefully and of all the athletes who can get to that point quickly, I think it's Clay. Because what we know about Clay Thompson is... He's more concerned with barnacles underneath his boat than he has missing three-point shots. He's more concerned about the relative health of Rocco than he is what his effective field goal percentage is. It's not to say he doesn't care about his craft. He obviously cares too much. But at the same time, he's just going to go out there and play and, and not think about it too much. So hopefully he can find his form he can find his way back. He's not the only problem, but it sure would be nice to get Clay back to what he was. Warriors and Knicks tonight right here on 95.7 The Game. Steiny and Goo are going to be in here in just about two or three minutes. In the meantime, here comes week 11 in the National Football League. Ladies and gentlemen, we bring to the center stage none other than Mad Dog himself. Kyle Madsen. Hi, Kyle. Hey, guys. How we doing? Yeah, we're doing good. Excellent. Better uh, than you three. Yeah, no, much better than... I don't even know why I'm doing this bit anymore, but it's fine. Uh, took another L last night. Dibs, the only winner on Thursday Night Football. You rolled with Tennessee plus three and a half when you put your pick in when they were already up seven nothing. Nice job. Nice try. Uh, mm-hmm. Mark's <laughs> uh, <laughs> picks no. are going in now. Uh, You're going to come down. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. Literally, I'm looking at the no, dog. No, no, I, I, I no. I texted no, no, Green I, Bay. I texted Green Bay when they were losing. Courageous! 
courageous as, here. As did I. It was a courageous loss. That's right. It was a courageous loss, but Check it was... timestamp. I was in early. It was courageous. Go ahead, Kyle. All right, let's rip through these quickly. Didn't pick these beforehand, so uh, I'm just grabbing them off the cuff. Yeah, that's uh, fine. Let's go uh, Washington minus three and a half in Houston. Oh, gosh. Houston plus three and a half. I'm taking yes. Houston right here. There is Same. a... Yeah. There, there, for this one, to me, this is a tax that's coming with a high-profile win. All of a sudden, everyone's going to be like, oh, Washington's good. They're fine. They're okay. I'm taking a home dog. Dibs. Getting more than a field goal. Houston's the worst team in football. I got three words for you. Hi, Nikki. I'm taking Washington. I like Washington as well. Chase yeah. Young's coming back. Best defensive player. I like Houston. It's an actual take. I like Houston. Uh, Detroit at the Giants. Sneaky fun game here, Dibs. Yep. I like the Giants at home here, minus three. There'll be no kneecap biting. The Giants are the team that everyone continues to try to desecrate. It's a desecration sensation, and I'm not here for it. Uh, the, New York, the New York football Giants are a team that, that has trailed in almost every game they've played this year. I am not going to give anyone points. They may win the game, but I am not handing out points, especially with one of the better offenses and on a two-game win streak is coming to town. Give me Detroit plus the field goal. I'm taking the Giants there. And I am streaming Daniel Jones this week, so I'm taking the Giants. Oh, man, man, let's stay on the A couple more here. Uh, let's right. stay on the East Coast. The, the Patriots favored at home against the New York Football Jets. Patriots minus three and a half. Yeah, this is one of those that, that makes Feels me weird. go, right? Just like last night. But last night I fell in the trap and I won't do it again. The Jets are a better football team than the New England Patriots. Sauce Gardner's going to pick off Mac Jones eight times. And the Jets oh. are going to win this game four to three. Call Julie Chen <laughs> and put this on primetime and CBS because this game is all about Big Brother. New England wow. is the Big Brother. Wow. They, they beat them the first time. Wow. The Jets are better, but New oh. England's going to beat them again. Coaching matters. Belichick's the GOAT. Give me New England. I'll lay the three and a hook. Yeah, and uh, Dibs, I'm pretty sure the Jets haven't won New England in like 20 years, so Man. take the Patriots. Aww. They're due! Uh, I haven't thought about this <laughs> exactly. one yet. Uh, Knee jerk take New England minus three and a half. Um, Bummer, you're on my side. Bro. Yeah, no, oh boy. Hashtag fade Madsen. Uh, let's go uh, Raiders at Denver, Dibs. I mean, Denver minus three. Uh, yeah, the Raiders are awful, but Denver somehow is worse. The, give me the Raiders. Their quarterback cried. Give me the quarterback. Well, they're playing for Derek and I, bounce back. That is literally what I was going to say. You get you get some points when the quarterback cries. No doubt. That's got to be that's got to be worth something. Uh, give me Vegas, which is just fun to say. Spadoni's fading his favorite team. Give me yeah, Vegas plus the three. Uh, Broncos country, country. I can't even say it because I'm starting to cry. Yeah, watch yeah. Language in there. I think run. that's it. Yeah, like Broncos country. Let's cry. I got it. Yeah, I, I you beat you. It. I nailed you. Denver, Denver could be minus 50, and Joe would be like, yeah. I like Denver in the points. Yeah. Uh, last, last one real quick before we bring in Steiny and Gear. The 49ers, Niners. minus eight. Okay. Niners. It, Niners. In they're in Mexico City. Niners. Fabulous. Yeah. Arizona, Dibs. Arizona has ownage, and if it's Colt McCoy, you got issues. Give me Arizona in the eight. Yeah, Niners minus. Go Niners. Yeah. Arizona? I think the Niners. That's a think, solid four. <laughs> thank you. Uh, I think the Niners figured it out this week. Niners minus eight. Yeah, Niners minus eight. The Cardinals are uh, hard knocking. Yeah, uh, they beat the Niners 13 in the last 16. Yeah, that was a different, that was a different team. Yeah, different, different coaches, different all, except for the yeah. two head coaches. Uh, listen to 95.7 The Game, KGMC FM and AC1 <laughs> San Francisco, always live on the Odyssey app. Hi, Steiny and Goo. Look uh, at you, Hello, all-star. 
Not this one. What's up? Is that a leprechaun? Are you going Celtic on us on this no, Friday? Man, I get this. There's two things. There's two Larry sets. Bird. There's two sets of hats I have that get that trip people up, and and I, I didn't think of it before. Actually, one of them I've purchased. The other one was a company I used to work with a little bit, and I got sent. So I used to do some stuff with. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.